Welcome to episode nine of You Will Get Blisters. Right, here we are, Em. Here we are. We're back remote. Hence back at my, it. You know, Sarah's got the posh mic. I've not. Posh mic on my side. Pending is all I'm saying. <laughs> but you have got your hair in, wrapped up in a towel. I have. Well, it's like one of those little, like, it is meant for it, my head, if that makes sense. It's a hair towel, but I don't think I could have applied it any worse. No, it's drooping. <laughs> it is it's drooping. It's very drooping. There's like, I've just done a really bad job of it, to be honest. And <laughs> I look. You look great, Em. You look absolutely great. I don't think I do. I'm looking at myself and I look like, you know, when you had to dress up in the school play as like a shepherd. <laughs> no, I, I think you're more Princess Leia. Well, by the end of this podcast, it should be dry, Well, mm. which actually is a really nice link into oh. the start of today's story. Oh, have we just had a seamless link by Yeah, accident? I think I have, okay, actually. Well, before you link in, I was going to ask you to do a bit of an update on where, where, have, you, where have you come from? Where have you, what's Scott and I, Joe? Where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> what did he used to say? Where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he come from? Cat and I, Joe. I can't remember the tune. And then, yeah, swing your partner. Don't swing your partner. Right. Give us a quick update and then seamlessly go into the story that's to do with being wet. We had a great time, Em, on this walk. We've just woken up in Bude, if you remember. We got to Bude where we saw the alpaca llama lemurs. Yeah. We loved them. And we were trying to dry all our washing overnight. That's where Mm -hmm. the link came in, you see. So the next morning, I forgot to mention it last time, or at all, actually. But, you know, our tent was just a bit shit. (laughs) Yeah. So every morning we were waking up with loads of condensation. Just We were completely dripping wet. I mean, not only were we cold, uncomfortable, the tent was so poor that it was wet all the time. You were piss wet through. We were piss wet through. And that makes your tent a lot heavier. Oh, and you've got a carrier. Yeah, exactly. We tried to dry it out like in the sun in the mornings. But so anyway, when we got to Bude, we had the luxury of quite a large Airbnb with a heater and stuff. So we're trying to um, dry all our clothes but also the tent so that is often wherever we're saying the tent is kind of laid out somewhere oh my goodness and this one I think we'd sort of laid it out in the kitchen area because as well if it doesn't dry it stinks well yeah literally when my little cogs were turning I was thinking that's going to be a bit whiffy isn't it yeah with all like rotting grass and yeah. bugs and stuff in it so that's where we start our day what was Duncan's tent like um I can't remember Better than better ours. Than your, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> why did I feel the need to ask that? Sorry, Sarah. Everyone's tent was better than ours. We got basically a knockoff version of a good tent. Oh, and so with it being wet, how long does it take to dry? Like, so for example, could you camp, walk for a day, and camp again, or do you need like a period of time to dry it out? You could camp, walk for a day, and camp again, but your tent would still be wet. And partly because of that, and we never actually camped two nights in a row because the tent was wet inside as well. Oh, okay. And I guess that that like affected like your route planning and definitely, yeah. yeah. And also sometimes our sleeping bags were wet. Oh gosh, yeah. We were generally quite wet. <laughs> <laughs> you were wet, and you had two outfits and stinking, and stinking, and you were averaging what we're we saying. You're averaging fifteen miles a day. On foot? Oh, yeah, on average, yeah. I don't know what I've said on foot. There was no wheels. 
it all on foot. So averaging 15 miles a day in the long, hot summer. Long, hot summer. Comes up every week. But this day, so when we left Bude, we were going to walk to Heartland. Now, this is the one I was nervous about. Oh, yes. I remember you saying. Okay. It's the hardest day. And I got this wrong last time. I said there was nowhere to stop before Crackington Haven or something. I was completely wrong. There's nowhere to stop between Bude and Heartland unless you wild camp. Okay. I've got a question. What is the difference? Oh, I think I've answered my own question. What is the difference between wild camping and camping? Is that literally wild camping is not on a campsite you just pitch up? Correct. Is that legal? Is that legal in the UK? Not everywhere in the UK, no. And not on the coast path. Okay. Legal in Scotland. It's legal in Scotland, yeah. I think it's legal in the Brecon Beacons. Okay. There's like a couple of areas of England. Dartmoor is the other one. Okay. But generally, no. However... Having spoken to lots of people, not many people have been moved on and they've <laughs> yeah. been wild camping their whole life. The tent police aren't out exactly. in Exactly. Yeah, yeah if you pick your small. spot wisely, there's bigger issues going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, you can't officially wild camp, but lots of people do. However, there's other issues with wild camping, like it's great that you can just stop and camp somewhere for a night. That's not a problem. But remember, you need water and yeah. it's nice to have a shower and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and toilet. And but I suppose yeah. people just dig a little hole, don't they, I imagine? Some people do. Yeah. And if you do do that, um, you've got to do an X marks the spot. X with the sticks. With the sticks. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I know that. Have you been watching Raymere's? I would like to confirm I have never done a poo in the woods. <laughs> Neither have I, actually. But I don't know why I know it. That might surprise some people. Yeah, yeah you're always <laughs> in the woods, you little fox. Oh, um, Tom's just chiming in on the chat. Tom's messaged in the chat. So just for everyone listening, when we're remote, we do have, we call him the creative dictator. He is also on the call with camera strictly off, but occasionally he <laughs> writes a little note and he would just like to tell everyone that he has. Tom has done a poo at festival in a hole in the ground. And did you mark it with sticks? I Tom? don't think he did actually, because I, oh. I do remember this. It was near, near to the car park and he was just absolutely desperate. And he went into like some woodland. Really? I mean, I'm sure it's common. I don't know if we should add this to the podcast, but a couple of years later, somebody was found dead in the woods and he was worried that his his uh, DNA was going to be all over it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Obviously not the death. That's very sad. Hey, well, you know, now they can dig back DNA from a long time is all I'm saying. Yeah. I still don't think you're out of the woods. <laughs> Excuse the pod. <laughs> right. Today, the big day, 21 miles from Bude to Heartland. Okay. And it's like up and down, deep, wide valleys. As soon as you get through one up the hill, you're looking down at the next one. And this is why it's renowned for being the worst leg of the southwest coast path. Yeah. And I would actually go as far as to say it was the hardest day, maybe in the top two hardest days of the whole walk. Oh, wow. What date was it you were doing this? Do you remember? It must have been June. June, yeah. June time. Pre or post-Jubilee? Post-Jubilee because you went post-Jubilee, home Post-Jubilee, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, is that how you mark the time scale? I don't know. It seems, it seems to be. It's <laughs> just come from nowhere. It's all I can remember from June at this moment of time. So when did you do that? How long had the Queen been yeah. on the throne? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm, all, I'm all over the place since we've had a king. I don't know where I am. <laughs> And i tell you what else is exciting about today, Em. Go on. We enter Devon. Oh, I was there last week. 
Where are you? What were you doing down there? I was in Bournemouth. That's not in Devon. That's in Dorset. Oh, I was getting. Them... <laughs> oh Christ! Cut that out. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, they're not. Well, I suppose they're not that different, but they are in quite different places. Both south. They are. You went to Union Bournemouth, didn't you? Sadly. It's where we met our, our Tom. Our Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Tommy. Sorry, that was very bad geography. I mean, every week my geography is getting worse. I think I need to study a map before we talk. Well, that's the thing. Um, people are learning from our podcast. It's educational. Well, yeah, learning not to use me for any sort of geographical mapping work. Interestingly, the actual Southwest Coast Path does begin in Dorset. Yeah, it begins in Pool. Oh, does it? Though obviously we didn't do that part of it. I didn't know that. But no, we entered Devon, so the Cornwall days are finally over. Said no one ever, apart from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, the love for Cornwall in this country, like, especially in, was it 2021, the year of the staycation? Oh, yeah. Where you literally couldn't get into Cornwall because it was just wild. They had a rush on. Absolute rush on. I think, to be honest, in a really nice way, I think, you know, I know people that went down, absolutely loved it. And now they're like, no, I want to go every year because they absolutely really? loved it. Don't you go every year? We go Devon every year. Devon, are oh, okay. I'm getting them all mixed Well, up. Tom's brother goes Devon every year. We we tag along. Taggers. I do know some people now like, oh, they'll always go to Cornwall like once a year or every other year after the 2021 rush. Yeah. Where, whereas you're sick of the bloody place now, aren't you, after this war? Yeah, I am. So I was pleased to see Devon. Not that it's that much different. Okay, yeah. I think in Cornwall, what do you see all the time? I can't remember, but in Devon, you see cream teas all the time. Oh, okay. Is it pasties in Cornwall? Oh, pasties, that's pasties, it. Well yeah, done, lovely. No, I do love a Cornish pasty, can't lie. I like a Cornish pasty, don't we all? Yeah, well, you're a vegan, you shouldn't be eating those, girl. Oh, they do, they do. A good vegan one, Em. Oh, I'll You only have to cut out then. the meat. I really like it when you eat meat and you tell me. It makes me really laugh. Eat meat? Like, you know, when you have, like, your scampi or whatnot. Oh, fish. Yeah, yeah I enjoy I that. I wouldn't eat meat. Oh, do we not say, is fish not meat? Well, would you say it's the same? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, because no. some, pe- some people might say they're a pescatarian. That's true, yeah. No, so, okay, yeah, so you wouldn't say it's meat. Well, certainly, I'm not vegan, Em, before we get any complaints, well, saying, you eat pickled eggs, don't you? You love your pickled eggs. Because I haven't had one in a while. You don't identify as a vegan, do you? No, I but don't. But you know what, weirdly, I would say to people, oh, yeah, Sarah, she's vegan. Well, to be honest with you, I, I do eat vegan about 90% of the time. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I don't say I'm vegan is because I eat the odd pickled egg, the odd <laughs> scampi once a year, and then you get the police after you. So, hey, you like, Don't you like honey as well? Well, actually, no, um, interestingly, oh. I do like honey and I've got no qualms with, um, you know, like proper honey. Yeah. Like, yeah, bees that are being, like, home looked after, do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I had a bit of a, a tummy issue the last few, few years, actually. We're going back a few years here. Yeah. And I've worked out, finally, it's honey. Stop it. So I'm I know off about the this, stuff. I know about this tummy issue. You've mentioned it to me. Yeah. It's honey. It's honey. I can't it's believe weird, isn't it. it? I can't, can't believe, believe honey would have such a such a pro- problem. And I was put, I was poor. I was bathing in honey. Em. You loved honey. So hang on a second, because it was quite nasty tummy problems you were having with it. You thought you had IBS at one point, yeah, didn't you? I've had had a few tests at the doctors. Yeah, had a finger up my bum. I've oh. had a, yeah, I've had a colonoscopy. I've had hang all on sorts. A second. I didn't know you'd had a colonoscopy. I didn't tube down. Is that what they call tube up the bum? Tube up the oh. I thought you meant up the nose. Oh, oh no. Of those. Hey, God. So you had a tube up the bum. It's one of the worst things I've ever experienced. 
Eight, I know. Well, Oliver had the tube up the nose. Oh, and that sounds worse, actually. It was horrendous. Yeah. To be honest, Em, like my pain threshold is quite high. So is I. Yeah, I'm not fussed about these types of things normally, but we've gone right off piece here. No, but I'm interested. But first of all, like you can't eat for a day or two before and you have to use these laxatives. Clear out. And people were saying to me, oh, that's the worst part of it. That's the worst part of it. And I didn't find it as difficult as I thought I was going to doing the laxatives because, you know, I like my food as well. You do, you do. And you can only eat like white bread or something. Anyway, then the actual procedure was horrific. They said, like, if you feel any pain, just say, well, I'm just trying not to say anything because I'm British, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, they could tell clearly from my grimace that I was in a lot of pain. And they gave me gas and air. Um, now, neither of us have given birth. so But whenever I see that, I think, surely that can't be touching the sides. That gas and air is great stuff. Oh, I've heard raving reviews of gas and air. Oh, it sorted me right out, like immediately. Oh, because you get a bit of a head rush, don't you? Well, I read about it afterwards. This is a couple of years ago now, but I did read about it afterwards of how it works because I couldn't really understand and I can't remember, oh. to be honest with you. you. You don't feel the pain for some reason. It doesn't last very long, but it's good stuff. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so amazed that it's honey. I can't speak. Well, they, they didn't find that out. I found that out for myself. Yeah. But I'll tell you what's funny. They did the colonoscopy because they found something or other that was like an IBD marker in my stool sample. Oh, what's that? What? What's that? So irritable bowel disease is different to irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, sorry, I didn't, I do that. It was like a really low amount, but to investigate it, that's why they did the colonoscopy. I'll tell you what's funny. And this is, if you're not interested in this kind of stuff, we're basically doing a medical podcast now. No, I'm interested. So they asked me for a stool sample, right? Yeah. And this was during COVID-ish times. Like the doctors were still definitely out of bounds. Yeah. And they gave me like a pot to pop it in. And I don't know if you've ever done a stool sample, but it's basically there's a spoon attached to the lid. Yes. And like a little, little spoon. Yeah. So you've got to do a poo in, into like some toilet paper in your hand. Are you and joking? Then, Why and then you spoon a little bit out. Well, how Why would you, would you do it? Your- Sarah, are you not remembering about the time at mum and dad's when you were at my house when I was about 17, 18 and I had to do this for the doctors? No. And do you remember I kept joking to mum that I'd done it and I'd hidden it behind the sofa? <laughs> yeah, that rings a bell. It's really Sounds about. definitely like something we would have done. Sarah, nope. Why would you do it into tissue in your hand? Why would you <laughs> not do it in like a tub? Oh, because then you got to, like, would you reuse that tub? No, just recycle it. But I can't, <laughs> I can't believe it. So you successfully managed to... <laughs> drop the kids off into a load of tissue oh this is turning into my mum's gonna hate listen to this no oh, i'm fascinated <laughs> and then you had to like do the little scoop. yeah well that's yeah. not yeah so that wasn't the punchline so Go i'm preparing on. it all right i'm popping right. it in and um fortunately yeah, it was a cold day so we go around to the the doctor's only around the corner from my house i go around and holding the poo in the pot in my hand and it's warming my hand up it's fresh right <laughs> Emma's got the giggles here and I go and I go round to the doctors and because you're not allowed in at this point <laughs> Emma's really gone <laughs> this is before you're allowed in there's a queue 
outside the doctor's. So I'm stood in the queue, knowing full well I've got a little poo in a pot in my pocket. And oh, it's good to know you moved into your pocket rather than your <laughs> new hand warmer at this stage. Then, like, as I move through the queue, there's a few people kind of coming behind me. So now I'm sort of like, I get towards the front of the queue, but I've got, I'm at least five deep behind me. <laughs> and because it's COVID, they don't even open the door. You talk to somebody through the letterbox, oh, right? It's brilliant. So the receptionist or the nurse or whoever has opened the letterbox. Yep. <laughs> right. So you're crouched down to speak to them. And I said, I've got a um I've got a sample to hand in. She went, <laughs> Yep, hand it over. So I popped my poo through the letterbox to the woman. <laughs> And then, and then she goes, oh, like everyone behind me can hear. Is it a stool sample? I say, yes, yes. But yes, hang on, she's got it. She's received it. At she's, this point. she's received it, yeah. What else is it going to be, Babs? Yeah. <laughs> you, to her? Well, she, it's like in a wrapper. It's not for oh, all it's to not, see. Tra- Thankfully, it's not, it's not for all to see. Oh, well, the pot okay. is, but it's in like a, um, like a plastic envelope. Oh, okay. Well, that was good of you. So she she says, is it a stool sample? I look at, you know, look round behind me and go, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes, oh, it's too late in the day to to collect the stool samples, (laughs) right? So so I'm I'm crouched down through the letter, but I was like, well, okay, I wasn't wasn't made aware of that. So she hands it back through. (laughs) She hands it back through the letterbox. (laughs) (laughs) So I I receive my poo back. (laughs) And then she says, can you bring it back tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) Before two. (laughs) My question exactly. And I said to her, where should I store it overnight? And I'm having this conversation with at least five people, sort of, you know, a couple of people bemused behind me. This is amazing. <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not putting my poo in the fridge. That's my Did thought. You know? Then she went, Oh, no, you're right. Um, I'll give you a fresh one. So she gave me, passed me a new pot through the door. So hang on. So- have you still got that? I've been giving got, her that other one back. I don't yeah. know if rid of that. I'm not doing the walk of shame with my poo. <laughs> so I've now got an empty fresh pot and the original poo in a pot. And I walk back around the corner. I walk down the line, everyone knowing what I'm carrying now. You've been shit shamed as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back home. And then I'm like, I look at the pot. I look at my poo in the pot. And I think, um, you know what I'm like? I'm so frugal. This could oh. be recycled. Oh, stop it! <laughs> but Tell no, me that didn't end up on your compost tea. No, 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 it did. It didn't, but it did cross my mind. I put the whole thing in the bin. Oh, that's and not to like be honest you. with you, Em, it's not like me at all. It's played on my mind ever since. Has it? My poo is now being preserved somewhere in plastic. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's alive. In landfill. It's alive. I tell yeah. you what, that's a right question. If your first poo had successfully made it through, <laughs> through the through the letterbox and had it come back through, and obviously they do their little test on it and whatever, I think that's going in medical waste. Is it? Agree, but obviously I haven't got an incinerator. You've not home. got an incinerator, <laughs> well, Sarah. I don't think you should feel bad 
I think in the grand scheme of what goes on, I think you need to today, let's draw a line. That's a horrendous experience, but also hilarious. Let it go. Don't feel bad. But your poo is still contained somewhere in landfill. It is. But it's not your fault. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Honestly, Sam. I needed that. You don't need to feel bad. That is amazing like that because I know of similar stories no nothing as comedy as that but I know of someone that didn't you know what they're like sometimes they don't tell you all the information they didn't mm-hmm. get told I'll come and get a sample part because I think sometimes the people will presume that people know that did it in the biggest butty <laughs> box that he had right <laughs> fully transparent and off he went down, right? <laughs> Took it in like a little carrier. With the whole thing. Like, you know, like that those massive butty box. You know, like you're having a four round of sandwiches and you, your apple, you're on. Because he was like, oh, I can do quite big ones. Whacked it, did it in that, <laughs> took it down, presented it at the desk. And they went, oh, oh my we don't God. need that much. <laughs> <laughs> nobody had told him that he needed to collect a sample part and to be honest he said it would have been too many trips to and fro because he was about 15 <laughs> minutes from the doctor so so well you're gonna have to deal with this one <laughs> did, they t- did they take it from they him? did take it they did take <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> he said the woman's eyes on reception was like <laughs> Called the shit cast now, aren't we? <laughs> Next week's story, sending your poo troubles, guys. We'll talk about them. Have you had to take a poo to the doctor? <laughs> I'm sure, do you know what? I'm sure so many people have got stories about that. I'm sure they have, actually. Yeah, send them in. To cut a long story short, I've worked out it's honey. I mean, obviously, we could talk all night about how you've got to that stage, but literally, you're absolutely fine now. Yeah. Since you stop having honey. And occasionally, I do, I do still have a little bit of honey on something. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't like set- but you're not bathing in it anymore. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not slathering my porridge in it, which is literally what I was doing every morning. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, it's only because I was watching embarrassing bodies for like five minutes, channel hopping, and somebody had a similar, much worse than me, but a similar problem. And the doctor was talking through it and said, "Oh, you know, have you considered bloody 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 blah or honey, bloody bloody blah blah?" I was like, "Honey." That's something I eat every day that I'd never considered could be an issue. And apparently some people can be slightly allergic or have um, a bad reaction to fructose and honey is very high in fructose. Well, I was going to say sugar, but fructose, hey, is this not taking you back to uh, GCSE biology? Yeah. Interesting. But I'll tell you what there then, there's a message to the listeners. Don't bother going to the doctors, guys, watch Embarrassing Bodies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would stand by that. <laughs> we are joking. Go to <laughs> But it just shows what you can actually pick up from being right place, right time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Shall we talk about the walk? Nah, yeah. Go on. Let's <laughs> not bother. So this was the big day to Heartland in Devon. 21 miles. Here we go. So it's the most treacherous walk 
and it's 21 miles so above your daily average okay just imagine there was lots of up and down up and down hardcore walking that was like the majority of the day so I'm not going to just go and then we did another valley and then we did another valley I'll just tell you the highlights and the lowlights even though Duncan had told you you needed poles obviously that was like the night before and you've been camping so you've obviously not had a chance to get poles so you're still poleless we're one pole each because we've got the poles for the tent. So you've started using right? Yeah, we are using those now. Yeah. From Duncan onwards, we started using a pole each. Okay. And everybody went on, or a lot of the guidebooks talked about this hawker's hut. And it's some sort of hut that some writing happened, some writer. I mean, my mum now will be going, hawker's huts? That's bloody, 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 but I can't mine. remember. That's yeah. my mum. <laughs> some author wrote something in there, some poetry in there, I think. Okay. And we came to a hut and we're like, oh, it must be the hawker's hut that everyone talks about. Took each other's photo in it. Two miles later, we found actual hawker's hut. We're just taking each other's photo in like some sort of war bunker or something. It was definitely not a right. Well, I'd like to see that photo. Get it on the (laughs) get it on the ground. But when we got to actual Hawker's Hut, it was a nice little hut actually, Em. We went down into it and I needed to reapply a few blister plasters. So we got the feet out, get, getting the talc done. And an old couple had clearly walked to like the top of the hill that it's on to have a look specifically at the hut. <laughs> you can't fit more than two in there. They were hurrying us along and we were trying to do our feet. <laughs> and then in blind panic, because Tom didn't want to keep them waiting, he knocked our entire first aid kit all over the floor. So then we're scrabbling to get the first aid kit back together, talcum powder everywhere, and this old couple just trying to talk to us out the front, how they've spent all day walking up this very small hill in the grand scheme of things to get to the hut. They're in like their 80s or something. Oh, bless them. Imagine the stories they've told their friends. Oh, we met this lovely couple. They're a bit funny. They had their feet out. They were doing all (laughs) kinds of things. And he got a bit flustered in there. They had a full first aid kit all over the floor. They were from nearby here, actually. We did get talking to them. I feel like they were from Northamptonshire or somewhere. Then there was another hut, Ronald Duncan. We left a message in there. Lots of like midges and flies. Oh, yeah. There was like warnings about ticks around that one, which obviously gave Tom the heebie-jeebies. Wow. Put him right on edge. So what do you mean you left a message? So it was like a guest book in the hut. Oh, so hang on. This is not what I'm visualising. So these huts had guest books uh hawker's hut didn't but ronald duncan's hut did who's ronald duncan i don't know him i'm gonna have to i think i must have googled him at the time another writer oh okay but if you've been to that hut a lot of people that obviously walk in the southwest coast path so they leave hello you can get through this that you know some sort of inspirational what did you write can you remember i probably mustered the energy to spell out my name i think i left my instagram see if i get a few followers oh yeah you're not stupid are you hey you gotta think about yourself first yeah well done put your insta in there (laughs) there might have been another fellow southwest coast path walker there might have been well, there there was. Well, there was, because that's yeah, what it was, was on. So there yeah. definitely probably <laughs> thousands of them. <laughs> then we made it to somewhere called Milford, and I can't remember that at all. Oh. And then there was miles of road walking because the actual southwest coast path goes up to a place called Heartland Quay, but we'd heard, you know, it's really treacherous. We could basically cut a bit out by going directly to Heartland. 
So that's what we did. And it was down like country lanes. But at this point, um, our feet are in tatters. Oh, right. This is what we called, I mentioned it earlier on in the podcast. We started saying we got the trots. We've got trotters. And I must have had the trots for the last 10 miles. And trotters is like every step is agony. And because of that, you're doing shorter steps, but that's not actually useful to you. So I was in pure trotter mode. And so was Tom for maybe like the last five miles. His trotters seem to come a bit later than mine, which is weird because his feet, since we've got back, have had more damage to them than mine have long lasting. Oh, really? But maybe he just pushed himself too far. And then it started raining. Oh. So it just made it even worse. Actually, haven't had much rain so far. No, we haven't. Point, well, and we didn't throughout the trip. We we barely got wet. But that particular day, we had the trotters. It was wet. We'd walked 21 miles. Honestly, it was really tough. I don't know how many times I can say it was really up and down or it was yeah. really long or my feet hurt because it was that pretty much happened every day. Did you enjoy that day at all? Well, that's tell you what I enjoyed. Okay. In fact, I tell you, I did 46,000 steps that day. And that wasn't the most we did in a day. I think I did 48,000 steps the first two days, you know, when I really overdid it. Yeah. But we did 46,000 steps that day. And you've got to bear in mind the incline and decline as well. And the weight on your back. And the weight, yeah. So when we got there, we were staying in a pub that night. It turned out to be an excellent pub. It's called the Anchor Inn in Heartland. And it's everything I wanted from a pub and more. And it was a Sunday and we got there probably at like five o'clock and they were still serving roast dinners. Brilliant. And they had a vegan option. So went straight for that. I think we went upstairs, had a shower. There was a bath in the room. It was the first time we'd come across a bath. So I was really excited about that, but I needed to eat. I think I had a bath later that night or the next morning. Went downstairs, had a roast, ordered a nice pint. We burst into tears at the table. That's how tough that day was and how good that roast tasted. Both of you in sync. Yeah. We just looked at each other and burst into tears. Oh. They were kind of tears of exhaustion, but also happiness. Wow. Hey, that's what you see people doing at the end of like Kilimanjaro and stuff. Yeah. So we looked at each other, burst into tears, (laughs) then started laughing, obviously. And then I said to Tom, no one will ever know how hard today was. And unless you've done a long distance walk like that, I think it's hard to explain what you go through on those days. Yeah. Wow. I feel a bit emotional actually remembering it. I was going to say, she's tearing up here. Yeah. I'm not. I, I think Tom would if he spoke about it. He's more emotional than I. I'm like listening on it like, oh, that's lovely. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Whereas like, no one, like you said, no one gets it unless you've done it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I'll say to you. Well done. Oh, thanks, Sam. Give yourself a pat on the back for that day. Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. As Kelly Clarkson says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Stand a little d- I don't know the words. No, yeah. you, that was lovely. I guess like without getting all deep, do you feel like you are a stronger person, like in terms of mental resilience from the walk? No. <laughs> oh, really? However, I would say at this point in the walk, I started to feel like, I wasn't just winging it anymore. Yeah. Like I started to feel like maybe I'm a bit of a walker. Because of how hard it was and you got through it. Yeah. And my body was physically changing now. I think we were only like two weeks in. 
but it is intensive. You know, by the end of it, I had legs like Jack Grealish. I've still got them now. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like to say when I did see you in August, I was like, all right, Jack, I mean, Sarah. <laughs> when I started the walk, other people who had done long distance walks said to me, this will be such a life-changing experience for you. And, and lots of people even that hadn't. I mean, just the kind of like quit your job, go and do something that not many people have done will be a real life-changing experience for you. I don't feel like I have changed at all as a person. However, I do feel like in the last few months, this activity almost defines who I am at the moment because people ask what you've been up to and it's really easy to lean on this. Yeah, that makes sense. When I'm not really doing very much at the moment. I mean, people normally say, what do you do? And I hate that question. Do you know who else hates that question? I've always hated that question. Who? Brad. Really? Brad hates, I'm sure, have we not spoken about this? So you know when like you get together like a group of friends and it's sometimes Brad's like, oh, I hope it's not all work chat. Because yeah, he's just 100%. like, he hates as well how people, you know, say if you're at a wedding around the table and people go, oh, what do you do? And yeah. he's like, it doesn't define me. Like exactly. my work doesn't define me. He's very similar to you in that. Whereas I love hearing about, because I love hearing about like, jobs that I've never heard of okay yeah that's interesting because so many people have so many fascinating jobs I love to hear about it like I always love asking about Tom's work don't I because I'm I suppose it's probably because of what I do as well like I'm really interested in it and I always think it's really interesting when you hear about a job someone does that you didn't even know was a job and then you learn about it I totally get that I know what you're saying so you get asked that question at the moment and you're kind of like oh I'm just doing a bit of this and that but I did walk is that kind of what you do yeah yeah well, I think people don't like the idea that you're not working. So then I have to say I quit my job back in April. Oh, I see. And then I say, and then I walk the length of England. And now I'm back yeah. and I'm doing this, that and the other. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I hate that question. I always ask, how do you spend your time? What do you spend your time doing? That's nice. So before when I did have a full-time job, Em, and people said, what do you do? My job couldn't have been less linked to who I identify as. Okay. My job was literally a means to an end. That's common though, you know. Yeah, exactly. So when I meet someone, I don't really want to hear what they do to earn money, unless that thing is like something amazing and that they love. Yeah. That's fine. But for lots of people... They work just so they can pay to enjoy themselves the rest of the time. God, yeah, that's interesting because what am I like with my work? Oh, you're very career-driven, Em. You always have been. I'm all, I'm in. I'm in. You're the, all in. In for a penny and for a pound, is that what they're saying? <laughs> and I made that one In up. for a penny and for a pound, yeah, no, that's yeah, I'm in. Like, I give my soul. You do. Well, you, you have done in the past. You've really burnt yourself out in well, the past. Well, I'm, I'm burning out as I am right now, sir. Yeah. If you hadn't have messaged me today, I was still working at whatever time that was. I don't even know when it was. And I was like, right, I'll do another 45, 50 minutes. And then I must set an alarm. So I stopped work. And that makes it sound like you know, it's not a good thing, but I do like working. You're a workhorse. That makes it sound a bit sad, doesn't it? I don't feel like it defines me. Like I, a lot of people that I spend quite a lot of time with, they don't really know what I do. I don't, or some people do, like some yeah, friends okay. do. Some people, like last night when I was in a gym class, so it's quite like, social and community and one of the girls I was training with last night was like what is it you do and I was just like oh I'll just do it and it's like glossed over mm-hmm. it and then talked about it. I don't get kicks off talking about it yeah but in that situation yeah that's probably somebody that you've already got to know a bit before no first time I met her last oh, night really? that one. yeah so but it was interesting but that, that's just made me think actually I hope I don't do that but I don't but if it's someone like like Tom I quite like in, I enjoy talking about work with Tom mm. because 
there's similar crossover and because I work with people like Tom and stuff like that I find it interesting but a whole evening of work chat is boring (laughs) um but I've always kind of been at the ilk of like we do it for so many hours a day I can't not do something that I'm like all in because otherwise I'm like what's the point which maybe that's why I'm more in because I just think like if I'm gonna do this I'll give it my soul yeah and then I'm gonna be more invested well I think you should you know how I feel about it yeah you've got one life I know we have to work because of the constraints of our society or most people have to work if you've got to spend all your time doing it, it should be something you at least enjoy or you at least get something out of it and not just the monetary reward. I need a buzz and like, I need quite a lot of stress. Okay. Which I know is weird to say. I want zero I, stress. Yeah, that that to me, I'm more stressed if I'm not stressed through challenge. Okay. If that makes sense. You thrive on... If I get to a point where I can do my job with my eyes closed, bored, get me out, get me a new job. Or next. Next, yeah. thank you, next. Because I need like that high to motivate well to just like keep me interested really okay but in the right in the right environment I guess it's got to be yeah it's got to be healthy yeah well (laughs) yeah we'll work on that it's a balance isn't it definitely yeah but did you sleep well at that lovely pub where you had that lovely roast oh we we had twin beds then I had a bath my own bed and uh and the telly I mean I was happy as Larry us on insta at you will get blisters thanks for listening and we hope to see you again next time